Welcome to this week's episode of Esports Wrap. I'm your host, Michael Armorgan, and today we're going to be talking about an interesting topic called... Uh, sorry about that. Today we're going to be talking about artificial intelligence and video games. Now, a lot of what we've seen inside video games, we've considered AI, but as AI really becomes a bit more uh, focused in the technological world, well, in the technology world, uh, we're seeing more and more that, you know, AI may not be exactly what we think it is. So, for example, uh, what's the difference between pre-coded game AI and something called academic AI? Now, to understand that really and truly, I think we need to start off with two different things. One is artificial intelligence, AI and artificial behavior ab now one is almost like the new and the and the other is kind of like the old of gaming and uh, what most of us know is that ab or artificial behavior uh pre-coded actions that make us think the game is thinking at a higher level than it is um while ai is in itself hard for games to introduce because just of all the complexities inside of it so, for example, um, you're going to probably hear a few examples of artificial behavior as I go on. Um, and you're going to see where it differs between artificial intelligence and artificial behavior. Now, artificial intelligence in itself is harder for games to really bring into the fold simply because of several different things. One, but the key one, I should say, is player experience. So, it needs to work in a way that makes games fun and, you know, you can have a little bit of drama and some other forms of enjoyment within the game, but games are, for the most part, tightly controlled. Now, when I say that, I mean that it's a pre-coded experience, such as needing to fight, like, two enemies and then someone comes up, um... Who's de who's already predetermined to come up at that exact time, versus uh, like those two persons, I should say, those two persons are at one location behind a wall. They will almost always be behind that wall. Now, yeah, they can be moving about, talking, talking, with pre-coded scripts and whatnot, but that's not artificial intelligence. Now, artificial intelligence. Let's let's change the dynamic of that a little bit. Imagine a game where the quest person or the target that you're supposed to be dealing with wasn't always where it should be because, you know, it's thinking like a person. It's moving about doing its own thing. So guidance systems wouldn't always work unless, you know, they always point to where that person is. And it could even lead you to some really bad situations and really bad spots for you to fight against that person if you have to. Say they're talking to their troops instead of a room by themselves. Now, there's someone, Alex J. Uh, Champendard, who said at GDC 2013, My prediction is a little controversial. I think the next giant leap of game AI is actually artificial intelligence. Now, this is because artificial intelligence in games was not m really AI. It was more artificial behavior. It was just making things look like they were thinking. So 
it's a little it's a little complicated but most of the persons there got a chuckle from it apparently now most game ai and this is uh the former sims 4 programmer bruce hill said this most game ai is designed to be exactly as intelligent as it needs to be in order to give the player a good experience for many games this means that ai should behave in predictable and barely intelligent ways like the enemies in a mario game or most first person shooters this pretty much means there's no telegraphing like you know that they're gonna do this attack then that attack then that attack based on something that they're doing or where they are in their rotation now if they change it up you never know what's going to be coming next and it makes the game a lot harder and so it takes away from some of the casual gaming elements of gaming that people might be drawn to now david sorry dave mark who runs the ai summit at game developers conference gdc um which earlier he's also the founder of ai consultancy intrinsic logarithm said much of what game ai developers work on is more like artificial behavior than artificial intelligence so that's that's even following along with what i've been saying now this is where the divide is because what most people are calling game ai doesn't match up with art academic ai and academic ai isn't about creating ai that is barely intelligent and it's not so much based on entertainment experience for players either it's meant to imitate a real person's intelligence via machine learning. That's what allows to computer well, allows computers to perform tasks without being explicitly programmed to perform those tasks. So, for example, you would, and this is what they did with uh, Google's DeepMind and AlphaGo and whatnot, and learning um, Go and StarCraft and other games. They set them down hit them down and let them move and then they learn based on what's allowed for the game and what's not allowed and then they eventually start to get better and better and better and better and better until they like, take over and start beating world champions which has been the case so far now the challenges on the side of ai include creating ai that can learn and adapt to new environments creating more robust systems for understanding speech and noise pattern sorry pattern extraction and developing ai that can also evolve and take on non-trivial tasks like self-driving cars autonomous stock market traders creating advertise sorry targeted advertising um autonomous military drones natural language rec recognition they're all within that academic ai realm which is where developers are always trying to piecemeal from. They're not really going so far into that. Like they said, for them to really go for it, they have to set a limit to how much the game, the AI can actually learn, which in itself still becomes a problem for AI. Now, AI learning on its own. Much like a robot learning about a room by its vision or by bumping into things like the Roomba, for example, uh, AI needs to learn as well. Some say it should follow set patterns to build on, such as, you know, person X does this, then this scenario should play out. 
And if they do that, that means this other scenario should play out. Uh, it's, it follows something called, it's very similar to social rules. Based on your interaction, this is what happens. Uh, others leave it to the AI to learn things on its own from scratch, allowing it to continuously evolve, much like DeepMind and AlphaGo. Like I but this is called embodied cognition. And that's the key phrase in this. Now, these AI systems that use embodied cognition can then run hundreds or thousands of scenarios at the same time to learn how to make a better strategy, how to tip, how people typically move in one game versus another, um, what's the best place to attack from and when, so on and so forth. And they can also bring things to the table and like new ideas and new plays that people never thought of before, simply because they have the ability to run so many different scenarios at the exact same time. Now, that's likely how these same AI systems have beaten world champions and top rankers. This information is now being worked on to transfer across from different games. So let's say if I play uh, Team Fortress and then I move over to Overwatch. The overall idea of the system is the same. Of course, the abilities, the characters, the maps, they're completely different, but it's a shooter for the most part. And so the, the idea behind it is and should be the same. And so it's now they're trying to move, move between these two different platforms and have these things learn a bit more. Now, this information is now, sorry, right. So pretty much that makes it more of an experience like humans, you know, because we learn from some, we learn from a game, we're able to take it over to another game and it doesn't really become an issue. So As an example of this is if you're playing a long range character, you can use the knowledge that it already had from other games to use kiting for an example, um, that they may, or that they may be able to hide behind a wall when someone thing, an ability comes and it's coming close, or they're using a ranged attack on you, that kind of thing. Now, there's also other ways that AI can learn, and this, and this is starting to take away with that piecemeal emphasis on it. And this is the emotional side of AI. Yeah, they have emotions. So The Guardian wrote an article about an AI engine that was developed back in 2013 named Versu. Now, the game it powered, an iOS adventure game called Blood and Laurels. Players were sometimes blindsided, and even the developers were, by things that happened due to the characters reacting that happened elsewhere in the game to other characters that were linked in some way to other characters. So most players, when they first entered the game, they thought, you know, it was a standard script to choose your own adventure. You talk to this person and it, you know, everything's already pre-coded. There's, there's no differences in how it, it's always going to be the exact same game. However, this is a situation that happened to the developer on one of his playthroughs. Well, one of the developers, I should say. 
There was one time when I was playing a murder mystery game we had designed. This is using the uh, same Versu AI engine. And there was this doctor that came to diagnose how a character was murdered. He says, however, the doctor was being very rude to my character and kept making dismissive remarks. Initially, I thought it was a bug because I knew the doctor's personality was mostly pleasant and I knew he hadn't, I hadn't been rude to him. I thought, oh man, why is he being such an, an arsehole to me? I looked through the code and it turned out that much, much earlier in the game, I'd been rude to a servant during dinner and that servant had gone into the kitchen and told the people there what a jerk I'd been. One of those persons was the doctor. The doctor remembered that. This took me, well, I'm going to change the phrasing a little bit here. This took him quite a bit, quite a long time to debug. But this is an example of how emergence is exciting because it opens up questions about game design. Where instead of, of coding a certain number of limited interactions for each NPC, each NPC has their own beliefs, abilities, and um, parameters which, in theory, lead to infinite ranges of habits and quirky behaviors. Now, the developer also noted a scenario where one NPC grew angry with the player character because the player character had been rude to a second NPC who then told the first NPC. That's, that's the synopsis of it. This sort of realistic interaction is different from the standard scripted games that most players are used to and would provide, for some, newer and better experiences while for others you know it might be a little weird so another example i'll be a, a poorly more broken down matrix style version is what we can find in shadow of mordor in the nemesis system which is lorded for how well it was actually built um for those who didn't play it or didn't don't really know about the nemesis system the Nemesis system pretty much allows you to, if a character kills you in the game, an orc, it levels up, becomes a captain, and becomes your nemesis. So, like, if it keeps finding you and it actually, like, looks for you to beat you down again, then it continues to level up. So, if you continue to get beaten by it, it becomes almost this unstoppable kind of character. So, it's, it's something like that. But it's a bit that is a bit more broken down. Now, Mark, who's the same guy with intrinsical logarithm that I talked about earlier, also described a scenario in which AI collects player data, then auton sorry, yeah, autonomously creates new content to fit the player's playstyle. So, for, for example, imagine an RPG that takes modular pieces of content and fits them together in you know an optimized way within a quest template. So based on the different things that you've done, this new quest may come about. So if you've saved, if you've gotten six apples for this person and a basket for this other person, they may ask you to, another person may come along and ask you if you can go get the basket from that person and go get the apple and they'll uh, give you 10 gold to go and do that and pay the persons. Just a rough example, but it, it would pretty much be based on what you have already done. Or what, you know, it thinks you should do. Now, there's also social AI. 
which can be used to develop character experiences on a different um, aspect of it. Now, James Ryan, who's you know a PhD student at UC Santa Cruz, was working on a something called Expressive Intelligence Studio, and he and his collaborators are working on something called Talk of the Town, which is an AI platform that creates intelligent experiences through featuring intelligent characters who have ongoing personalities encompassing emotions, beliefs, memories, and relationships. Something very similar to what we've already talked about. But to illustrate the, the, the platform, Ryan and his collaborators wrote a series of their own small games. In Juke Joint, for example, uh, which in, was done in collaboration with the Tyler Brothers, the player controls a jukebox at a bar crowded with a crowded with AI characters, and the songs you play have a direct effect on the emotions and conversations of the characters, allowing you to direct the scene. Another game, National Pastime, has the player entering a series of towns, interacting with locals, and talking to scout baseball players. Sorry, looking to scout baseball players. Uh, now his experiments are populated by fallible, forgetful characters who exchange information skews through the Chinese whisper effect of human gossip. So, you know, it's almost like the telephone or the, uh, you say something to one person and then eventually changes as you go further and more and further with more and more people like skewing the story. So where a person could have swung a bat and almost made it to home run and like that amazed everyone 30 people down the line they're like man he swung that so hard that cleared this field and like no one could even catch that that's another rough example now ryan ryan is, is this is a quote from someone ryan is modeling the inner monologues of these ai characters their thoughts their emotional states what they remember and what they've forgotten so all this is being recorded now, that's Michael Cook, uh, one of the collaborators. Uh, these are all complicated human qualities that people value in each other and that we rarely associate with AI. In James' game, like Ryan's game, other game, Bad News, the same AI characters that have memories modeled so that they can see things, forget that they saw them, misremember them, and overhear someone telling someone else what they remember or misremember. Now, he seems very interested in these human qualities and giving AI the power to understand them. And he's one of the coolest game researchers out there at the moment. Now, see, that in itself can be quite odd with the typical game because, you know, you're expecting this person in this quest to give you some information and then they give you bad information. So you go out there expecting this thing to happen. And it's not the case. Like, you don't ever find whatever it is that you're supposed to be looking for. And it just kind of throws the player off. Now, let's take a step back and imagine a different uh, scenario. Where we're talking to our character and the choices that you make either um, make them an ally, enemy, or character who doesn't even care about you. But it's all affected by the things you would have done outside of talking to them. Um, like saving a random kid or killing someone who turned out to be their cousin or some other. Or as one article put it, surely it would mean, surely it would be more meaningful, more emotionally resonant 
if your seduction of Yennefer in Witcher 3, Argaris and Mass Effect came not through scripted, a scripted tree of prepackaged conversations, but through a dynamic relationship. One thing's for sure, we would certainly find out more about those other characters. And that could be something that I think for certain games, so long as it doesn't get too far out of the left field, could be quite interesting. Now, th what are the other usage? Well, you can use neural networking, for example, to build, build better animations that flow easier. Say, with someone moving from solid land to a, a log in a river and crossing in and back, the AI would know exactly what to animate how to, and how based on what it knows should be there. So, for example, it would be walking properly with a, um, a natural gait, I guess you could say, because it knows the person's weight distribution and that one foot's going to be heavier because of the one side of the body is heavier than the other. So it creates that natural gait. This is something that actually happens within humans. So as it's walking on the ground, then it would be fine walking the natural gait. When it goes, say, crossing a log, then, you know, we tend to go out and start to balance ourselves, do it like so on and so forth. And um, it, it moves a bit more fluidly. Now, there are, of course, AI systems that don't do this all that well. So it, it takes a really good AI system to actually do this. Now, some other examples um, are, and that actually are already in games, black and white with machine learning, FEAR, FAIR, for contact sensitive behavior, Facade for natural language parsing, SPORE, yeah, spores inside this. Uh, it's for data-driven life form simulations. The Sims, which is, you know, kind of interesting within itself. Um, it's inter <laughs> the Sims interaction with objects and each other. Killer Instinct because of case-based reasoning. Forza's car AI. Drivatar using natural, I'm sorry, neural networks. And Fable Legends using Monte Carlo tree search. So there are games taking different elements of AI to, into their games, but they're not finding the all immersive AI inside these games. I think one of the uh, closest one is one that we're going to get to, which is uh, Alien Invasion. But we're going to get to that. Now, like I've been saying, game AI needs to fit the experience and often particularly in commercially proven genres and franchises in video games, advanced AI and the production issues that come with it may eclipse any potential benefits of implementation. And there was even one game AI developer that said that he mostly uses AI techniques that were well known from back in the 1970s. So that brings up the question, is that really AI or is that artificial behavior that he's really using? Now, Risto uh, Mountain, I think is his name, who is the professor of computer science and neuroscience at University of Texas at Austin, said, I don't think it's really game AI versus academic and industry AI. Games just have different types of AI, and it's been like that for a very long time. Game AI is what we like to call good old-fashioned AI, or GoFi. You do have a pathfinding um, 
you have to have behavior lists and behavior trees and you have to have lots of authorizing to go with it and otherwise you have to have some pre-scripted stuff this is similar to splinter cell for example well splinter cell blacklist where the guards and dogs use visual audible and even scent senses to pick up on where you are and eventually try to catch you now the resistance to the convergence of all these different types of ai is rational when you really think about it because if the game you want to make doesn't or play doesn't really need advanced ai then why waste the time developing that kind of ai and if your existing entrenched production development process or studio culture isn't even conductive to new ai techniques then it's difficult for them to really uh convince the team and work on that together for sometimes an entire rework of the system unless they clearly understand how it benefits instead of you know causing more issues now all of this is not to mention the common understanding that ai that's too smart can destroy the enjoyment of a game uh the dan klein former tech designer of the sims 4 at game developer conference also stated everyone hates to lose to deep blue nobody's looking to get crushed by an awesome ai all the time so there's more recognition but sorry there's more recognition that advanced ai is useful in areas other than bot or npc behavior ai can and has been used to improve game production and design itself much like i've previously mentioned so overall though there's many different uses to ai in video games having an ai in a game that progressively gets harder to beat can be both a boon or a nightmare having systems in place that can say what level an ai will perform at is where most gamers might be more comfortable with hardcore levels being the ones with near to no actual cap on the ai now ai can be used to build maps introduce new elements in the right time and change a game completely which can add new elements to things like esports such as releasing x character or um, having one event happening at a particular time based on what's happened already in the game now, so for pub, for example, well, player underground battle, sorry, player unknown battlegrounds, sorry. Uh, it could be that, you know, certain items are around where players drop off and where they land so that, you know, it makes the pl uh, playing field a little bit more even for when characters actually meet up with one another versus, you know, dropping down, finding just casings of ammo and a sniper or snope um scope or something like that instead of you know not finding any weapons which is something that still happens but that's a different topic um another idea is to take alien ice sorry there was isolation as an example which uses two ai one which tracks you and sends the alien information about where you are and what and uses that to gauge menace so that pretty much means you know it sends the alien a rough idea of where you are the alien goes there starts looking for you and it doesn't know exactly where you are so it, it actually searches around 
granted there are certain spots and whatnot that it won't look simply because you know that makes things a little bit too hard especially if you're supposed to be in a particular spot now that leads to something else and that is another ai which the alien itself has um so for example when it comes too close to you the director ai then tells the alien ai you know you've been here too long you're scaring the person too much it's time to go so the ai then says well the alien ai then says okay well time to move over to this direction and we'll start searching out over here instead so overall though ai you know it can be a good thing it can be a bad thing if you have any questions about it feel free to come in the comments uh either on facebook or on twitch or youtube where this will eventually get uploaded but i hope that gives a little bit more information into exactly how ai works with video games why we, exactly we may not see ai as we hear about it in the news in our video games what we can hope from for ai in video games instead of artificial behavior and possibly the future of ai in video games and esports if there's a topic that you'd like to hear me talk about, well, like I said before, post in the comments. I'll be certain to read them. Till next time, everyone. Michael Amargan. Uh, just reminding you, we have the next show of Tech Talk on Thursday at 6 p.m. Sorry, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And, of course, next week we have another show of Esports Wrap on Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Until next time, everyone, take care.